Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. For today's episode, I am really excited to talk with my guest as we're diving into merchandising for CPG emerging brands. And I know a lot of you have questions on what exactly is merchandising, when do I need to use it, and how is it going to make an impact for my brand? Because for some, it just seems like an added cost. So I would like to introduce my guest for today, which who is Georgios Zafis, who is the VP of Sales, specializing with emerging brands for Trax. And Trax does a ton on the side of merchandising for emerging and, and growing brands. So Georgios, welcome. Hey, Jordan. Hello there. Thank I'd you like to start just with a quick story of my own experience to really drive this point home. So a lot of you know I ran my brand T-Squares for a number of years, which is a line of energy bars. And a couple years ago, we launched in chain of 100 store locations, Mariano's in the Chicagoland area. And at the time, we elected to go with our current distributor who already serviced that account, but they did not do any DSD or shelving. And so they just dropped the product off at the, back, at the back door. And us not knowing any better went and said, hey, that's probably fine. Then after the product actually launched in store, we found that the product was on shelf in five different locations throughout the store. Some it was in checkout, some it was in the supplement aisle, others it was in the protein bar aisle. It was all over the place. And even me as the founder, when I walked the store, it took me 30 minutes to find the product on shelf just in in one store alone. And that's with me knowing exactly what I was looking at. And so this is really the power just beginning of merchandising to make sure that your product not only shows up in the store, but actually gets on shelf in the right place in the right time and in front of the right people. So that's why this is important, what we're going to dive into today. So, Giorgios, I'd love for you to just share your perspective on what merchandising encompasses and what it is. So, merchandising in the bigger picture is basically the process of placing your product or staging your product at the self in the store in order to attract more consumers. Having the product very well placed with the right presentation, it helps you to drive more sales when the consumers will like encounter your product and of course your offering. Many times you need to place your product also in other areas in the store that you expect higher traffic for the type of consumer you want to attract. Sometimes you can put it close to complementary products. Sometimes you can put it in areas where you're going to drive more impulse buying. So merchandising is this process. Unfortunately, in our days, and this is happening a lot, we merchandising includes exactly what you just mentioned, Jordan. Not only the presentation, but the accessibility. Having the product at the self. Like basically many products have issues with the baseline of having my product at the self. And now nowadays merchandising includes that, making sure the product is first in the self, at the self, and then fixing the presentation. I think that's improvement. great. And I've experienced this where when I first started, right, we were selling in a dozen Whole Foods stores. I was 
physically myself driving to every store, dropping the product off, and essentially doing the merchandising myself because I'd check it in and actually place it on shelf, make sure the facings were correct, maybe kind of squeeze over some of the competitors a little bit to give a little bit more elbow room. But it was really that kind of attention to detail that made sure that our, our products were showing up great for consumers and that they could they could even find them. And I think that kind of brings up to another point, right? Like a lot of times I'll talk to founders and they say, why is merchandising even necessary, right? Shouldn't that be the retailer's responsibility? Yeah. yeah. So let me start with a retailer responsibility. And you know, the retailers, they drive, they're responsible to drive people in their stores. Then the consumer has so many different products to pick from. When you walk into the store, you're going to have thousands and thousands of different products as cues to buy from. And by the way, many times you're competing with a retailer that has a private label product at the same category with you, right? So sometimes you play also your customer is your competitor at the self. So the customer, if don't find your product or don't get attracted by your product, they have another offering to buy. And especially... When, and especially in the reality of the COVID, we realize that the stores don't have the resources to do the restocking and the merchandising that we believe is their responsibility to, to, to be done. So number one, they don't invest in the resources. They don't have enough labor to support that. And number two, at the end of the day, it doesn't work against them because the consumer will come to the store, will buy something else if they don't find your product. Or other customers that they use their own trucks to deliver the product or their DSD, they're going to get their product in front of the eyes of the, of the consumer. Don't forget on the, on the bigger principle of merchandising. When you are a new brand in the store, you don't have any brand awareness. The only way to convert a new customer is right there at the self. So you need to have outside of a great packaging that many emerging brands need to have in order to communicate the unique offering and the attributes, then you need to have the product available in a great presentation so you can convert a first-time customer and then eventually, of course, drive more and more sales by having, you know, more SKUs. You mentioned earlier, you need to create some room for your product because you may have a great product and like a steady flow of customers that come for that product. But when you introduce a bigger assortment, you need to try to gain more space, more facings. So you have this brand block that number one is going to drive sales for the new SKUs you're going to have or the more SKUs you activated, but also the brand block is going to help the conversion of the customer when they first see your product. So when you don't have brand awareness outside of the store, this is merchandising is your only kind of tool to convert you know, new customers. I, a lot of my listeners will know that I'm a big advocate for brands and the the I find that a lot of brands like to think that their responsibility ends when they get the product on the shelf and they're just a piece of that value chain from ingredient to consumer but the reality of our industry is that the brand is more like the umbrella responsibility over the entire process from the ingredient sourcing all the way to the when the consumer tries your product, consumes it, and talks about it to others, right? And so as a brand, you have to be responsible of all the touch points across, which means more work and more responsibility, but also more room for, for really building your presence. And so that's why it's important not just to leave it at the retailer and say, oh, it's their job, right? Like as a brand, you have to be the one and know that expectation going into it so that you can adequately plan. 
And Jordan, by the way, all the large enterprises that have very successful products for decades out there, they invest millions in merchandising. They believe that, you know, even if the consumer knows your product and they buy it for years or they just, you know, heard about it on a commercial, they still do spend a lot of money in merchandising. And by the way, even the large enterprises, they have needs on merchandising and they go and hire companies like Trucks outside of that to help them. So the merchandising needs are growing constantly. So uh, let's talk about how brands should actually go about merchandising. Is it something that you see brands can manage internally? Should they bring in outsource companies? What does that landscape look like? So there are many ways to go about merchandising, and I have seen companies going like with many creative ways, I would say, or also with the traditional one, right? So the very first one and the traditional one that we see many times is, as you said, the founders, the leaders of the company, they're out there and they're trying to take care of their baby, which is important in the early accounts. You have to go and merchandise on your own, get feedback from the store personnel, from the consumers yourself, because that helps you with the development of your product. Later, though, as you're opening more and more accounts, it's very hard to be flying around to merchandising your product. The first thing that founders do, they want to go and hire their own teams, right? And they, because they want to train the people, like inject the love of the brand to them and like make them like a, um, a clone of them. So when they go into the store, they really translate the value of the product and they communicate all the attributes with the store personnel. This, this gets also very difficult, you know, because you have, you are a leader of building a CPG product, recruiting people, train people, monitor them, manage them, start getting like very hectic as you're growing your business. So we see that the next step is for them to go and find a partner outside of the, of their, of their company to work with the, with their products. And then, when you hire a third-party merchandising firm, it's going to help you going after the right accounts and going after even fixing the right problems in the store. Many times, and when the brands use brokers, some of the brokers out there, they have also kind of a limited resource. They are not in the game of merchandising, but definitely they try and also from their own way, from, a, from their own brokers to support merchandising the product in the store. I would say the, the three main ways that what I out there is Brands hiring their own resources, hiring a third-party merchandising team, or try to piggyback on your broker and rely a little bit on what they can do in the stores for you. No, I think that's a really great overview in terms of the different ways of doing it. You know, I've seen on LinkedIn, like some brands trying to, at, at their early stages, trying to coordinate with other founders to say like, hey, when you're in the store, can you check out my product, right? And that works for just making sure the base level, like the SKUs are at the front of the shelf and the facings look good. But if you're trying to help them, you know, manage sales tags showing up on the shelf and doing more in-depth in work quickly becomes a, a challenge for anyone to do as you, as you grow. Yeah. And this is the nice of this community. Sorry for interrupting. That's the very nice of this community. Every founder helps each other, you know? Like, everybody's trying to provide advice. Or even, as you said, like merchandise of a product of a friend if you see that they so suffer. That you song. mentioned a couple areas earlier in terms of, like, off-shelf displays. But what are some of those other uh, actions that merchandisers are doing in the store for brands? So I think you have to separate when you're in the store to do a visit, you have to organize your visit maybe in two or three different steps or kind of groups. The first group is first understand 
where the product is placed, if if it's placed as, as supposed to be, if it's in the right placement. So in a way, what I call it is understanding the situation, gather data. When you know the issues or the opportunities you have, then the next step is engage with the store. I think it's important to constantly engaging with the store personnel. The people in the store and your buyer, the, the buyer of the store or the manager of the store, the team lead, they are your brand ambassadors. You have to train them on your product. When the consumers are there and they're looking for a similar offering or even for your specific product because you drove them there, you need your store to know about you. I always say work with the store personnel and with your category buyer. Explain them any new developments you have with your product, but also gain their opinion. What should they do in order to be successful in your store? What's your opinion about my product? Do you have the chance to taste it, right? Give them, a, give them a sample. After you do that, the next step, of course, is go and work at the self. Go in the back room, bring product, merchandising, rotate the product correctly based on the expiration days, trying to gain as, much, as many facings as possible. Many times you're going to see and observe when the consumer is there buying the product to see you know, what they do, how they walk around your eye, if they're taking the ingredients, like, always is important. And then you have other ways down the line to improve the presence of the store. For example, you can do some POP placement with, you know, self-level blades. You can put some coupons or IRCs, what we call them. You can even do demos in the store, right? It's a, it's part of the merchandising because then you introduce your, to the consumers. And then of course, the last point is I, you know, you can walk the store and see where else in the store your product will be a good fit? Yeah, I've seen some brands do things like set up, if they're a beverage brand, set up coolers, maybe at checkout with the permission of the retailer, of course, right, to have a out-of-aisle display that stands alone. And brands might fit the bill for that, but if you're rolling out even 20 or 50 coolers, it requires work to go into each store and set them up. And those are things that merchandisers can do, or even the those sometimes like wooden or wire rack stands that are branded, sometimes cardboard, that allow your brand to stand out outside of aisle. And that's areas that you can make sure are standing out. You bring a good point, Jordan, here, because many times in order to gain a secondary placement in the store or in this cooler or in the self-checkout area or checkout area, this is part of an agreement with your retailer. So you need, you need to sit down and say, I want to have this spot, and then it's going to be a cost associated to that. So you need to protect this investment. So merchandising in this situation is even more important because imagine paying more outside of your slotting fee that you pay already at yourself. You pay extra for a secondary placement. You need to see the ROI on that. So definitely you need to protect the investment with additional merchandising and constantly packing out product because hopefully secondary placement will move. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of brands, when they start growing over a hundred stores, even it becomes really challenging to manage each individual store, right? You just have to co coordinate the corporate level, but it's really those on the ground store relationships that can really pay off. And so I remember at a particular Whole Foods location, we were, you know, stocking our own products and the buyer came over. He's like, Hey, we actually have a, um, an off out of aisle placement that we don't have anyone to put there. Do you want to have your product there? We'll buy, you know, four times the normal amount of cases just to put on this display. It's going to be by the hot food bar. So it's going to be prime placement. But the reason they brought that up was because we were in the store physically and they could kind of start building relationships. Because at the end of the day, the store personnel, they're just people and they value the other people that they can see and hear and talk with and build relationships with, right? And they always want, I think that the, the managers in the store and the store personnel, they need from the brand two things. Number one, definitely the personal relationship being there to help them. It is important. 
but also visibility. They have so many different brands in the store, but when you are there and you give them a visibility that says, I'm going to run a promo next month. I'm going to come and do IRCs. We're going to have a demo. We're launching this new SKU or even more basic. This is my top performance SQ. SQ. So support me on that. Let me give, give me a secondary placement at least for this. When you give them the data, they're business people. They want to sell more, right? But when you give them visibility and the data of what your plans are or the brand attributes, then you start building some serious relationships with the stores. How often should brands be engaging in merchandising? Is it something that you need to do continuously all year round? Are there certain kind of seasonal moments? Or do you do spot checks? Because I know different brands are going to come in with different budgets. Kind of what, would, what are the kind of different levels you can engage? Absolutely. There are several criteria in order to take this decision. The first is, what is my product? What is the velocity? When you are a beverage, you're going to have a very different velocity with a detergent. So basically, you have to do different things in the store, and you have different frequency visiting the store. Secondly, what are the retailer or the channel that we're talking about? Target and Walmart, very different from a Sprouts and Whole Foods or from a convenience store or a drugstore. That's the second criteria, the type of, of a retailer. Third criteria is within the same retailer, you have different types of stores. They're gonna be stores that move a lot of product for you. And in this situation, you need to be more often to fix, to pack out the product, make sure the order's arriving. And then they're gonna be stores that are lower performing that doesn't really worth it to go there constantly. I think the type of store within the same retailer, the type of store plays a, plays a big role. So I would say, number one, what type of product you have. High velocity usually implies more visits. Number two, what is the channel of the retailer we're talking about? You have to strategize different based on the retailer. And number three, within the same retailer, there are going to be different groups of stores that they're going to need more merchandising and a higher frequency. I know there's a lot of kind of misunderstanding of what merchandising is. What are some of the things that brands tend to get wrong about their understanding of merchandising? Personally, I believe if merchandising is not related to data, you do something wrong. It's very important to tie your merchandising activities to ROI. You need to know why you're doing a visit. To your point, how frequent we go. The data is going to tell us how frequently we need to go. If we have an out-of-stock issue or void issue, we need to go until we fix it. If we have an issue that the product is not selling as quick as we want, we need to go and perform demos, coupons, try to move to accelerate the velocity. So many times I see that brands are tightening the ROI of their merchandising activities and not letting data prescribing what merchandising activities and how often and in what stores need to take place. Yeah, I think that, that that's key. If they don't understand what it's actually doing for them, they're quick to, to drop as a line item because they don't understand the, the benefit. So, I mean, along with that is, can you be profitable in, in doing merchandising or how do, you, how do you talk with brands about you know, they're going to put in, you know, this merchandising program, what are they going to get out of it? This is a great question. And it depends a lot on the stage of the brand you are and also on the stage of the For example, we have many customers when they're just starting and they want to make Whole Foods their showroom. And that means I'm going to invest heavily in merchandising in my Whole Foods account. Even if I if any, even if I just have to break even on my merchandising budget and they do that, having in mind that Whole Foods will be the account that I'm going to demonstrate to 10 other accounts 
in order to open more and more accounts for my new product. So it depends on the state that you are as a, as a brand. Now, when you have an established brand, then you start evaluating when I do a new product launch in a retailer, I'm going to be upfront investing a lot in merchandising to introduce my product in the local community, in the store, in the consumers of the stores. And then I can slowly kind of slow down on the, on the frequency or any of the activities I do for merchandising. So the stage of retailer is also very important. If it's a new product launch or you do some maintenance, overall, I will always look the following metrics when I do merchandising. How many out of stocks I'm closing? How many voids I'm closing? How many cases I'm restocking? Additional SKUs that I'm be able to activate. And of course, secondary placements I'm gaining. All what I just mentioned, they are really easily to translate to more sales. So immediately you can understand that if you restock two cases of product, that means this is about, let's say, 100 bucks of, of product you just put it on the shelf. So stopping at that store made sense for you. You got your Georges, money. I appreciate you breaking down all of this. If anyone wants to get started with merchandising and is interested in learning more about tracks, what's the best way for them to get in touch or get started? So you can always visit our, our site, uh, Tracks. Of course, find me. I'm always, find me on LinkedIn and I can always connect with you guys. And we are passionate about what we do. So we can just have a discussion and tell us as early as you are, come to us and tell us, I'm thinking to do this. Could be six months from now, could be one year from now. Get that part right. Have the merchandising as an item in your budget before you start. So you have a plan. Many times when you go to a buyer to discuss about getting your product, one of the questions you can ask is, how are you going to support the product in the stores? You need to have an answer, a clear answer, a clear path. And we are here to help you to answer this question and provide you a playbook when you sit in front and of And to close buyer. out the story that I shared earlier with Marianne, we did not have a plan. Our plan was to let's wait and see what happens, to see how much the store will sell on its own. Nine months later, we got kicked off the shelf and we were out of those accounts, all because we didn't have a plan of moving our products off the shelf. And so having that clear strategy, building merchandising in at the right time and in the right ways for your brand are crucial to your success. And not only staying on the shelf, but selling off the shelf. Georgios, thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time.